And now, now from now, Candlestick now. Point in San Francisco, California, it's the Stick, Stick, Stick 49er Podcast Show with your hosts, Lucas McLaughlin and Lucas Ortiz. This is a Lucas and Lucas production. This podcast is brought to you in part by Super Tenna. Get yours today. This is an unofficial 49ers podcast and is in no way directly affiliated with the San Francisco 49ers team nor the National Football League. Well, the Niner fans, injuries, injuries, injuries. The 49ers drop an important divisional game on the road in Seattle. The final score, the 49ers 27, the Seahawks 37. And the 49ers drop to four and four while Seattle climbs to six and one. Very depressing loss for a number of reasons. We have a lot to talk about. In a nutshell, the Niners have had over 25 players hurt this year. And I'm joined by my partner in crime and good friend, Lucas Ortiz now. Lucas, you there? Hey, Lucas, I'm here. We've been better, but I'm here, man. I don't think I've ever sent you so many text messages during a 49er game before. <laughs> I've been in yeah. dire straits. <laughs> right. Even, even an emergency uh, phone call, just to make sure that that call was going to be overturned when Hasty fumbled the ball out of bounds. Yeah. And the Seahawks player, it looked like he recovered it, but he recovered it uh, while his body was still out of bounds. So got that emergency phone call from you too. Yeah, Reno was like, I think it's Seattle. And I'm like, no, no. He was touching the ball, but he didn't have possession. I would have called Lucas. <laughs> yeah, but uh, kind of was the beginning of the end, wasn't it? Yep. I mean, things have gotten worse. You want to think they'll go 12-4, and four, but now they've dealt uh, Kwan Alexander to the Saints. And what did they get for that, Lucas? I believe they received Kiko Alonso, who has not played this year. And oh, right. a conditional fifth round pick. And in, in general, the move doesn't really show confidence in your team this year, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Well, I think it tells you that they have more confidence right now in Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Al Shire more so than than Quan was uh, uh showing so far this year. I mean, he's he's missed the bulk of it. And yeah. when he has been in. He's missed a lot of the tackles, taking bad angles, overrun, overrun plays. And I think they were just looking to save a little money this year, but save a lot of money next year, more importantly. Yeah. And looking at this game, you know, the first half had some encouraging things that happened. The defense actually looked pretty good. Uh, outside of the Niners' first scoring drive, though, we just couldn't put anything together on offense. And, you know, D- Debo was out. Coleman came back, but hurt the knee again. And, you know, you, you start to wonder if guys are coming back too early. Later, Kittle got hurt and Warner was down on my heart almost dropped. <laughs> that was really scary. It was good to see that he was up and uh, we'll have to get more information about if, you know, that injury. Do you have any other info on that? No, what? the latest I've heard is, is that it, he, he can possibly be out a game, two games, three games. Who knows? It's just. They say he's going to be out for uh, for a bit, him and Garoppolo. So wow. we just have to kind of wait and see, get the the actual diagnosis of the injury. But it doesn't look good. It looks like we're going to be without him. But a little bit of good news, it looks like Jordan Reed might be possibly uh, playing this, this Thursday against the Packers. So Nice. You know, you lose one, you gain one. Uh, of course, you'd rather have Kittle. He's the best player at his position. But 
Jordan Reed is a nice consolation. Yeah. You start to wonder if guys come back too early. I mean, it's obviously not anyone's fault. They obviously think they can do it and they get cleared and they come back like Jimmy G coming back. You know, if you look back at the Miami game, you know, he, he probably shouldn't have been in there obviously. And uh, now you've got, basically we've played eight games and 50% of those games, the starting quarterback has not finished the game. I mean, one of those was Mullins when he just had an awful game, but man, it's been tough. This has been a completely different type of 49er season. And, and, you know, they, they haven't looked the same on offense. There's always guys missing and, you know, every piece to the puzzle that was there last year is just, it's just not happening. Yeah, but here's the thing about football. Football is one of the, the few sports where, where injuries are uh, 100% certainty, right? So every team True. has their list of injured guys. You know, nobody's, nobody's immune to the injury bug. You just have to, you have to play through it sometimes. And if you can't, the next guy has to step up and he's got to do the same. So, you know, I'm, no, no team is going to feel sorry for us. Nobody's going to say, oh, well, they had this guy out and, you know, all these injuries on the defensive side of the ball you know, every team has the same, the same issues going forward. So yeah. you really do have to just play through it and, and gut out and have that next man up mentality like we did last week. Unfortunately, we just weren't, we weren't able to overcome having guys like Debo out and having obviously Nick Bosa, no pass rush, D Ford being uh, not out there. I mean, those are really key guys to our, our team and we just weren't able to make up for it this week, although we were able to make up for it last week against the Pats. Yeah, and just to give the viewers an idea, so last year, our Super Bowl run, we, had, we used 66 players the whole season. Well, we're in week What are we eight, up to, 100? And we're up to 71. <laughs> okay, in so week it's eight. not 100? Yeah. It feels not, like 100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> another little uh, nugget here. So the Niners couldn't even bring up Kevin White to be on the, the active roster this week because they didn't have enough room on their salary crap. I think we have something like $100,000 left in our uh, salary cap room. And in order to bring Kevin White up to the active roster, we would have had to have cut or trade somebody prior to the game, which just, you know, wow. didn't, didn't happen, obviously. I might, that might explain more so the instead, Quan, right? The Quan move. So instead, we had to play Dante Pettis, and we all know what happened with Dante oh, Pettis. Man. It's just heart wrenching. Why <laughs> yeah. is he on the field? And then he fumbled, and you're like, "Dude, oh my god, what the hell?" I think I, yeah, I think I texted some friends. At, uh, is it possible to just cut him in the middle of the game and tell him <laughs> to find his way home? I got or, that one. Yeah. Or better yet, just stay in Seattle, where he's where he's originally from. I think he grew up. I think most he grew of up your somewhere in the Seattle were, area. Yes, yes. <laughs> Cut him now. <laughs> Cut him now. Like hand in your hand in your pads, hand in your cleats, and uh, take the jersey go off. Go get buddy. a drink of water. Go, yeah, yeah. Go have some Gatorade in the stands. Like we don't need you on our team anymore. Man. But it is what it is. We we uh, we still had our chances after that fumble, but the defense didn't 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 have any. Uh, I don't know. They just didn't have that tenacity or that energy anymore. It was just a very deflating play when he fumbled that ball on the kickoff. Yeah. And it's one that we just, we didn't recover from. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I don't know what was up with this. You know, we finally started to get a little bit of momentum on offense. And then Shanahan's call is to do the wildcat with McKinnon at quarterback. Dude, it's a third and five. We just need to convert that. Do that on second down or something. I, I thought that was, a strange play 
at the time because it really did kill our momentum and it boosted Seattle's defense. You know, they were not fooled. And that kind of gave them the energy to just they started tearing into us. And and man, that I didn't look like they made any adjustments at halftime. I don't know what happened, but you know, then the injury to Jimmy G obviously didn't help. And I don't think he's been right this whole entire time, you know. I mean, he really hasn't. I mean, even when he looks good, he's there's something going on. He's not pushing off that leg the way he should. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, his ankle is definitely not fully healed. And it, it's really evident when you see him throw the ball, he tends to lift his back foot off the yeah. ground when he throws yeah. the ball. It's a very obvious o- overcompensation for the injury. Yeah. And I think it was even called out by by one of the announcers calling the game on Sunday He's just not getting pushed on the ball, and it's affecting the spiral, uh, the tightness of the spiral. It looked like a lot of his balls were um, floating and, and kind of wobbly. So it's definitely something that has carried over into his accuracy. And I think the best thing for him right now is just to get fully healed. If it takes three weeks, five weeks, whatever, don't put him back on the field until he's fully recovered and has the confidence to push off that back foot. Otherwise, we're going to see a lot of the same. We're going to see a lot of inconsistency. You might have, you might have one good game. You might have two good games, but he's not going to be the consistent quarterback that he was for us last year yeah. until he's fully healed. Yeah, Jimmy finishes with 84 yards, and uh, he went 11 for 16, which isn't horrible, but you know he was just not right. And just like you just said, I mean, who knows what would have happened if we had held him out until he was definitely 100%. You know, I mean, we might be in a better position. I mean, it's tough to make that kind of speculation. But, you know, Nick Mullins came in and he actually, we kept going. Nobody gave up. And, you know, it was nice to see. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you started to think, are they climbing back into this thing? <laughs> I mean, you know. Right. He, of course. Of, of, yeah, of course. Nothing's nothing's easy in the NFL, but we got a factor in that it was a softer coverage. They had the big lead. They were giving us a lot of shorter passes underneath, and yeah. it kind of looked like they they called off the dogs a little bit. They weren't blitzing quite as much. Yeah, but it was nice to see Mullins come in, get some get some positive yardage and some touchdowns, and, and make it somewhat respectable. But it's going to be a big difference if he's a starter next week against the Packers, yeah. and has to see the full brunt of the defense that the Packers are going to throw at him. Yeah, and uh, start to finish game. I'd be very interested to see, you know, how he's going to look against that type of defense as opposed to coming in and being down three or four touchdowns. Yeah. When the, the Seahawks are in the prevent defense and, you know, Bobby Wagner's not looking like rookie year killing Jimmy G on every play. Yeah. They really did have a good game plan and, and it, we effectively boosted up their defense. Obviously they've given up a ton of yards going into this game, but, you know, they're a good team. And they showed it on Sunday. And unfortunately, the Niners, you know, we just fell short. And, you know, it didn't help that Pettis put on a uniform and fumbled. And <laughs> it didn't. You know, wouldn't, they, you, wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you so rather have DK Metcalf? Wouldn't you rather have DK Metcalf on your team? I mean, we got to talk about oh that guy God, for a little yes. bit, right? Uh, yeah. what, what was your, what's your take on DK Metcalf in the, the game that he put up against us? You know, he was basically uncoverable. I mean, I thought, you know, Mosley did a great job, you know, but it's a tough guy to cover. He finishes with a monster 12 catches for 161 yards and two touchdowns. Wilson definitely had a nice couple of deep balls. There was one that Mosley actually batted away, 
which towards the end of the game, you know, that was a great play. It's that was like a, like I was saying, it's great to see that guys like that weren't giving up, but man, that's a pretty uh, tough challenge to cover someone like Metcalf. Yeah. Mosley had a, he had a rough game, but you know, you got to give all the, they were picking on him. You got to give all the credit to DK and Russell. Russell threw a perfect pass to him on that first deep ball. I mean, you couldn't put in a better spot. Yep. Mosley had pretty good coverage. And if you look at right before the ball gets there to, to DK, he kind of gives him a little push off that maybe could have been called, but you know, it was subtle and it's yeah. probably one that doesn't get called in, in most instances. So it, he, he was able to get separation right at the end but he was very coy about it and it turned into a big yardage play for them. And there was a lot of other like little quick slants where it looked like Mosey was right on him. But when you put the ball right where it needs to be, a good offense will be a good defense in most, most instances, especially when you're getting the ball out, you know, in under two seconds, doesn't give the pass rush enough time to get there or enough time to get their hands up to bat the ball. So you know, you really got to just credit the team, credit the, the Seahawks team for playing a really good game, no turnovers, very efficient, not a lot of penalties on their side. And, you know, they, they whooped on us. They, yeah. they, they beat us fair and square. I can't say anything on our end that can defend how we played against their, uh, their defense. They just beat us up. Yeah. It was also depressing to see X-Niners, like <laughs> – on that interception that uh, DJ Reed and Nick yeah, Bloor, exactly. uh, yeah, the, the X Niners. Oh man, exactly. I think Bloor was in on that fumble with Pettis, and then you, DJ Reed, obviously, with that that pass was behind Kittle. It was a bad throw, but man, just seeing an, an X Niner catch that, just like oh Jesus. <laughs> At that point, I was blocking it out of my mind. Seeing all these X Niners. Kill us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About then I was doing 360s on the ground. Yeah. So uh, that's the kind of game it was. Well, Screaming and yelling and cussing. That's what we do, right, when we're pissed off watching football. Oh, God, man. Brandon Ayuk had another good game. Impressive, um, yep. There's definitely, definitely some things that he can get better at. But, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive. He had a nice 33-yard catch at one point. And then he finishes with 88 yards and a nice touchdown catch, which was cool. And then Ross Dwelly also had a touchdown catch. And that's nice to see, especially now that we know Kittle's going to be out. Yeah, Ayuk had some really nice plays. I, they tried running a, a reverse with him with Tevin Coleman. or No, I'm sorry, Jarek McKinnon, who fumbled the ball, but oh, Ayuk was able yeah. to pick it up off the ground. And he only got about four or five yards out of it, but it could have easily been a, a minus 15 play. And then he had a really nice route on that touchdown grab. I was really impressed on how he's able to turn out quickly and, and really just yeah. put the defender completely out of the play. It was one of the, one of the best routes he's run all year. And just happy that he's – it looks like he's getting better and better every week and he's really kind of figuring it out as he goes. Yeah. He's easily our, our best route runner right now. Yeah. My only gripe would be he needs to work on some of the blocking on some of the running plays. And then also he gets jammed. I think the, the scouting reports getting out and he, he will get jammed more and more this season when he gets jammed at the line, you still got to get out there and, and get your route done. So I think Kyle is going to have to start sending him in motion and stuff like that. If they start trying to jam him at the line of scrimmage a lot. He's not the, he's not the best blocker. And that's where we really miss Debo. I think Debo, yeah. that's one of his biggest, most underrated attributes is how well of a blocker he is. I mean, he's great with the ball. 
he's a great runner, but he's also a really good blocker. And yeah, when our running backs are getting those big gains, a lot of times it's Debo out there, either uh, you know occupying a, a defensive back or even sometimes pancaking them. And yeah. I think that's just one one of the more things he brings to the team that we we sorely missed this this last game. Yeah, and you know we we didn't get to use Hasty as much as we would have liked. He did have that one fumble. I'm glad they put him back in there and kept giving him the ball, but it was a tough game. And he, did he get a touchdown? He got a touchdown too, right? Yeah. He, 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 he squibbed in for a little touchdown run. I think it was about a two yard run where it looks yeah. like he had to stretch out his arm, very dangerously stretch out his arm. It looked like he could have fumbled the ball if he wasn't, uh, if he wasn't a little more careful, but he was just able to get that outstretched arm over the, the goal line and Gave us the lead for uh, about a half a quarter. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a one point lead at one point in that game. So, and they battled. They battled. Yeah, he didn't have the big impact. <laughs> they tried really hard to get back into the game. McKinnon's two point conversion made me wish they didn't have replay because it was definitely failed. It looked good to the naked eye, but when they slowed down, you can clearly see that he was he was just short. That would have brought us within one score, right? Yeah, ball was a little low, but I, I thought he could have uh, done a little better job of, of keeping that knee off the ground and, and outstretching his arms over the end zone. But, yeah. you know, that would have been big. That would have brought it to a one-possession game with you know, five minutes left. Who knows? Yeah. It's tough to keep running when you get behind like we have, but that will have to bring us to our next segment, Down in the Trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Down in the trenches. You know, when you have the wins that we've had uh, going into this game, man, it was a tough thing to watch. Uh, Why don't you break it down for us, Lucas? Well, Lucas, the tough game started early. It looked like the Seahawks were going to bring pressure, which they normally, they're not a huge blitzing team, but from what we've seen most of the year, they're not really getting a ton of pass rush from their, uh, their, their down four. So, they started bringing guys like Bobby Wagner on blitzes. I think they brought DJ Reed on a blitz, and it just looked like our team never really got in sync as far as picking up blitzes and you know knowing who to block. I saw a couple times where, where Grasso got beat by Wagner and then a, a defensive lineman on some uh, short yardage plays. McGlinchey, he didn't have a terrible game, but there was a couple of uh, plays where he was a little soft on the edge, and he either let the the defensive end get a little too close to Jimmy or to Nick Mullins and either get a hit or I think he, uh, I think he may have given up a sack or, or two. Yeah. It's just overall, we weren't opening, we weren't opening up holes for the running backs. I think it was one of the worst running games that we've had this year. Yeah. Uh, way too much pressure. Which is a bummer because they didn't have their so-called 12th man. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. make any excuses of uh, <laughs> not hearing snap count and, you know, being a little slow off the snap. I mean, it was just pure will. The, the Seahawks implored their will on us, and we just weren't up to uh, we weren't up to the task of blocking them. Yeah. So it was very disappointing. It was it was almost a nine day performance from last week against the Pats when we were able to run two hundred yards and just everything looked in sync. This this week it was the exact opposite. Most guys could say they didn't play their best game and they weren't playing in sync, so to speak, and picking up a lot of those blitzes that the Seahawks were throwing at us. Yeah, now we got the short turnaround, so we'll have to see how they do on Thursday, and then we'll get back down in the trenches next week. 
Down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Down in the trenches. So now let's just get into a little bit about the defense. Uh, where do we go from here? Things are in disarray. It was nice to see uh, Kewan Williams back. I think he had a sack on a blitz. And Verrett, I thought, had a great game. But uh, what's, what's your take of the, the defense this week? You know, the defense came out with a lot of a lot of energy. I saw a lot of good plays in the beginning. I think the first two drives, the Seahawks were three and out, three and out. And I was I was texting with you saying, man, like the defense is, is on point this game. I mean, I think we're really going to win this game. And it just obviously didn't play out that way. But yeah. in the beginning, yeah, K-1 had a nice sack. It looked like Jason Barrett had a pretty solid game. I don't remember hearing too much about any receiver – getting catches on him or if they did they were very short short yardage catches yeah he took he took tyler lockett out of the picture yeah lockett had a really quiet game k1 was was probably responsible for that but i think it was mostly verrett dj moore had a couple nice plays but i think uh that was more on the linebackers it looked like there were short short passes that that he was able to to catch as like a screen and and get some yardage after the after the catch and he had a couple end arounds that were poorly tackled. Uh, that's the biggest thing I took away from this game is how bad we tackled. It looked like a lot of plays could have been stopped for no yardage or very y- little yardage. And the Seahawks were just able to break one or two tackles, one or two tackles, one yeah. or two tackles on every single play. And it never seems like we could, we could, you know, get that big play to get the defense off the, off the field. So that was the most disappointing thing is just how poorly we tackled. And that's just something we're going to really have to clean up against the Packers. Oh, Oh, there it goes again. Here's Pat. There's that sound. Another edition of Pat's Picks. And now, from the bar in the big sky, yours truly here, Pat Summerall. I'm here to give you predictions every week here on the Lucas and Lucas The Stick Podcast. Well, I got all my predictions wrong. I'm going down. I don't know what to do. I got all my predictions wrong last week and I feel terrible. I know C3P, but I can't snap out of it. You might have to make the predictions this week. Well, I know you don't want to, but I need some help and you're a helper droid, aren't you? Mr. Samuel, are you feeling okay? Oh, hi, Lloyd. Well, I'll tell you, Lloyd, I feel awful. Never heard you play blues guitar before. Well, I got all my picks wrong, Lloyd, last week, and I just can't. I just can't do it. I want R3 to do it. I know you don't want to do it. I told you you need to do it. You seem quite down. Maybe I can get you your favorite drink to help cheer you up. Well, that's very nice of you, Lloyd, but there's other things bothering me, too. Deep down, I'm a 49er fan. Garoppolo's out. Kittle's out. I'm down to the dumps. What would you like to drink today? Well, well, I guess we can try something like this. Yeah, I'll have a double scotch on the rocks. And, okay. And he wants a Guinness. Double scotch on the rocks it is. And a Guinness for the droid. Well, thank you kindly, Lloyd. I just still don't think it's going to work. I just play the blues today and our is going to do the picks. Well, you have no choice. You're going to have to help me out, okay? 
drinks already. Thank you, Lloyd. Enjoy. Thanks, Pat. It's not gonna help, though. Montana drops back to pass. He's got rice on the sideline. He's got it in stride. He's at the 10, the five. Touchdown, Jerry Rice. Touchdown, 49ers. Thank you, Lord, I feel great now. Let's do the picks. In my first pick this week, the Denver Broncos will go to Atlanta. The Falcons have had a rough go of it thus far. However, they've got a new coach in Raheem Morris. Look for them to get a win. The final score on that one, the Broncos 28, the Falcons 14. And for my second pick, the Las Vegas Raiders are at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have blown a lot of second half leads. Well, I think that the Raiders will win this one. And that's what they need to do if they want to become a playoff contender. I don't like them, but I think they'll win. The Las Vegas Raiders take this one. The final score, the Raiders 38, the Chargers 30. And for my third and final pick, the Green Bay Packers are coming to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Well, that one's really been depressing. The Niners have had more injured players than most teams have in five seasons. But I still think they'll just reach down and find a way to win. Kyle Shanahan will turn Mullins into a real quarterback. Look for the Niners to get the win at home. The final score, the Packers 27, the 49ers 28. Just by one. That's right, CP, I did get through the picks. With no help to you. I'll at least go get us another round from Lloyd. Yes, I drank it already. Thank you, Lucas and Lucas. I'll try to keep my head up. That was tough. Thank you, Lloyd. Thanks again, Pat. Uh, just like the 49ers, you had a rough week last one, but uh, let's, let's see if you can turn it around. Yeah, 0 for 3, man. Depressing, but hopefully it'll do better next week. All right, let's get back in. It'll be better. Yeah, some of our more sure tacklers like uh, Greenlaw, he would get there and then just not make the tackle before they got across and move the chains, you know? Right. Like Al Shair missed some tackles. I think even Fred Warner missed some tackles. Mosley had a really, he had one of the, the worst angles on that touchdown catch and run by DK Metcalf across the field and then up the sideline. And it looked like Mosley, if he would have taken just a, a better angle route to tackle him, he could have easily have pushed him out of bounds or, you know, kept the game to maybe 10 or 10 or 15 yards, but it was just all around a, a bad tackling game and, and angles to the ball were much to be desired. So we got to get better in that. Now the Ortiz overachiever, achiever, achiever, overachiever. which is a tough one. <laughs> um, I know Nick Mullins went 16 for 22 for 228 yards and two touchdowns in garbage time. But <laughs> you stole my thunder, Lucas. Uh, yeah, I was going to go with Nick Mullins. I, I mean, although it was in garbage time, although 
<laughs> the Seahawks were playing pretty soft. He did come in. I could have made those throws. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about it is, remember, this is his first game back after being taken out and benched. True. And then not even being put on the, the active roster the last game. So I yeah. like the fact that he had the confidence and almost like a closer who'd bl- uh, blown a save in, in baseball. Kind of yeah. had that closer mentality where it doesn't matter what happened last game, doesn't matter what happened last pitch. You know, you still gotta you still gotta have that killer mentality. You still gotta be confident and know that you are somebody with the ability to play in the NFL and, and be a starting quarterback. And I think he still has that. Very true. And you just brought up a good point. What he did, no one gave up and they played behind him. And that's a good thing because obviously with Garoppolo out. You know, we're going to need that on Thursday. And so I think that, you, like you just said, it's a great confidence builder for him to have gone in there and, you know, kept it competitive. No one gives up on this team. Everybody has a pretty good attitude as far as how they react when the, when the team gets down in the game. I don't think anybody ever gives up. Now, they might make some bad plays, you know, be a missing a tackle or bad angle, but it's never a hustle issue or a, a lack of desire. I think everybody was pretty good in that aspect of just, you know, still trying to have a, uh, a, a positive effect and still playing every down like it might be their last. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things I love about this team is they never give up. They have a ton of heart. And I really think that's going to help us. Uh, I, I think we're still going to have a winning record when, it, when, it's all come, when it's all said and done. Is it going to be enough to get into the playoffs is the big question. Yeah. You know, is the 8-8 record going to be enough? Or is a nine and seven, excuse me, a nine and seven record <laughs> going to be enough to get into the playoffs this year? And we'll have to see. But don't forget, there's one extra playoff spot this year, so anything True. can happen. True. Well, congratulations to Nick Mullins for being this week's tough to find overachiever. Achiever. Overachiever. Okay, so we need to talk about keys to this Thursday night primetime matchup against Green Bay which is not going to be easy. And man, the the list of injuries on this team, I have never seen one so extensive. And especially with so many important key players. I know we've already talked about that, but it's, it's a, it's been a really tough one. And we just hope that some guys start to come back. I thought Sherman would be back by now, but uh, Lucas, why don't you start? What are the keys to the game? If we're going to be competitive and actually beat green Bay this week. So I have an interesting angle on this game. I think uh-huh. the fact that we're playing on Thursday and it, there's a very, very quick turnaround to this game, I yeah. think it's an advantage for a team coming off a loss because you want to get that taste of the loss out of your mouth as quickly as possible. True. And I think this is, this is the best possible scenario for the team. You know, they're probably not going to really study too much of this last game's tape. It's really just get the plays in for the uh, game plan in for the Packer game. Yeah, probably have one day of rest, one good day of uh, practice, and then play. And, you know, really just try to gut out a victory against Aaron Rodgers in the pack. I think the biggest thing they need to do is cover Devontae Adams. Yeah. He's their DK Metcalf. He's the guy that can destroy the game for the 49ers. And I think if Verrett is on him most of the game, I think we have a pretty solid chance of winning and, and shutting him down. The other thing is we got to get back to running the ball. I mean, the offensive line, I don't care who the quarterback is, that has 
nothing to do with how well you open up holes for the running backs or the uh, the wide receivers on end arounds and, and jet sweeps. You got to make you got to make it happen for the team. The team lives or dies with the offense line. And if we run the ball, if we get over 100 yards, I think we have a really good opportunity to have another win against the Packs. You got to remember, we're we're I think we're three and zero in our last last three against the Packers. So and. I should know this already, but where are they playing? Is it in Lambeau or here? Oh, it's here. Yeah, okay. it's a home game. That helps yeah. us a little. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Probably tired of having to come to to Santa Clara to play us. I think they've come. I think they've had to play us at in, in our stadium the last three times, if I if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I know they definitely played us in the NFC Championship game, and they played yep. us last year in December on that Monday night game. In November. Yeah. Not yeah. quite sure where, where the, the previous game was, but um, you know, I think we're in their head. I think there's something about that matchup that kind of leans our way. Yeah. What do you think? I'm thinking, I hope the pass rush, like you were saying, I mean, we, we need to make sure that we're getting some real nice schemes with blitzes that Rogers doesn't see. And, you know, just like we've played him in the past, hopefully you're right. We're that monkey on his back. And even with all the backup players, we'll still get a victory. It's going to be tough. And uh, some guys are probably hurting right now. It's been a tough go at it. And, you know, after a big loss, though, you, like you just said, we've got to get that taste out of our mouth. And what better to do it at home against Green Bay? So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that we sack Rodgers and frustrate him a lot. And that, then that Mullins can pull one out of his hat again. And Ayuk will continue to grow. And hopefully right now, especially with Debo out, I mean, he's, a, he's clearly our number one receiver. So I'm hoping he ends up getting a couple of touchdowns. And I'd like to see Ross Dwelly really fill in for Kittle and get a nice stat sheet at the end of the game. And uh, Niners get a victory. What's your final score on that one, Lucas? I don't think you gave us a final score. I did not give you a final score. So I'm going to say the Niners come back, have a nice bounce back game, and beat the Packers 26 to 19. I don't think they. I don't think the the Packers are going to have a good offensive game again. I think we're going to give them fits. I think we're going to get to Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball against us. Look for the Niners to have a big defensive uh, play, something like an interception or a, a pick six, something like that. I really do think the the defense is going to respond and have to be the, the the winners of the game, so to speak. Nice. So what do you think the, the, the score is going to be this game? I'm going to go with 38 to 35. Niners. Okay. And I'm going to say at some point in this game, there's going to be a punt return by the Niners who I'm not sure who's going to be doing it, but someone's going to return a punt for a touchdown and we're going to get lucky and get three turnovers, which will be the key to the victory. And Mullins will lead us with a couple of touchdown passes. And uh, yeah, so let's see how it goes, but I'm hoping and Hoping these guys can respond. It's not going to be easy, but go Niners. I, I hope that we win the game, honestly. Yeah, I, I like I like it. So bet the over. 
is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tons of points in this. All right. Hey, man. However they win, I'll take a win any way it comes. I don't care if it's six to three. As long as they win, that is the most important thing. We got to get back in the win column. Got yeah. to get back to uh, over 500. And we'll see how it goes. Thursday night, primetime, buddy. Yeah. Let's hope that Kyle Shanahan has a better game plan this time for the Packers than he did on Sunday against Seattle. So great talking with you, Lucas. Uh, have a great rest of your week. And then, then I'll be talking to you soon. Go Niners. Go Niners, Lucas. All right, man. Take care.